0: Lamentations tells us that God's mercies are new every morning, and great is His faithfulness. Let's step into those new mercies today with a humble and honest heart, preparing to grow in our relationship with God and to have a real, authentic faith. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to Episode 9 of Let's Be Real. My name is Erica, and today we're going to talk about questions. I want us to look at a passage that I have been reading over in the book of Acts. If you have your Bible, feel free to follow along. If you don't, I'm going to read it to you. So you are all good. I wanted to kind of follow up a little bit, kind of in theme, sort of last week. Last week we talked about truth and seeking truth and the difference between truth and beliefs. If you didn't get to listen to episode eight, I highly encourage you to do so. I feel super strongly about the message of truth and how we use the word and what that means. But I want to be able to then piggyback off of that today when talking about questions and as we're seeking answers and what that means and what that looks like. So I would like to read from the book of Acts. It's chapter 8, verses 26 and on. It's called Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, for his life is taken away from the earth, End quote. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him about the good news of Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. This is a super interesting story. It seems fairly straightforward at first when you read it. Every single time I have taken a scripture and decided to dive into it a little bit deeper, I end up with more questions, or the depth and the meaning of the passage is so much bigger and deeper. I'm actually preparing to teach a kid's lesson this weekend for church based on this passage, and the topic that comes along with this lesson that's kind of pre-written is about asking questions and how God wants us to ask questions and how important it is that we ask questions. It is so important that we ask questions that we kind of live in this mindset of wanting to learn more, to keep asking. We know how annoying this is in little kids and in our children sometimes. Sometimes it is beautiful because they come up with the most amazing questions like, how did you think of that? And then sometimes the questions are so numerous and they never stop. You're just kind of like, oh my gosh. No more questions. I can't do it. Let's take a break. Maybe we can come back to them later. But we ask questions because that's how we learn. When we're asking questions, we are in a state of humility where we are acknowledging that we don't know something. And that's a good place to be. To just be like, "Wait, wait, wait. I don't I don't think I fully understand that. What do you mean?" God wants us to ask questions. We see in the Gospels, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus saying, ask, seek, knock, right? Have you heard that abbreviation? The ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. This whole ask, this is a life of prayer. This is a life of communication and discussion with Jesus. Asking him. Seeking him for your answers. When it says seek and you will find, we're supposed to be seeking God. Seeking who he is. Seeking his character learning about him through his word. Knock and the door will be open to you. The book of James. Mm, Don't we all love James? (laughs) James is probably like the most convicting book because it just beats you up real directly, real hard. Um, I always have to be in like a (sighs) good state of mind when I go into the book of James because I know it's going to be super convicting. But right in the beginning of the book of James in chapter one, verse five, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. If you lack wisdom, if you have questions, ask God. Prayerfully, ask your questions. You'll never know how he's going to answer. You'll never know actually what that'll look like through his word through other people, we may not even get the answers we're looking for. And odds are, it's not even going to be in the timing that you're hoping it's in because how many of us have learned that one? Like we ask and we want it now and it doesn't come for a long time or it doesn't come in the way that we thought it would. But it says he gives generously to all without reproach. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment that we don't know something or don't have the wisdom. He's going to give it. If we ask, if we seek for it, it says in verse six of James chapter one, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for those who doubt is they are like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So I do want to clarify the difference between asking God questions and questioning God. Asking questions. These are about learning. This is about knowledge. This is in this place of humility questioning God, we are told throughout scripture not to question God. Now, to clarify in my understanding of it, I mean, you can question God if you're looking for an answer. That's good. Like, but God, I don't understand why this and why that. Like, that is also in my mind asking a question, but also questioning God. Like, why would you do that? We may not get the answers we are looking for, but that's okay. The Second, that we start challenging his character and we're questioning God with a rebellious heart. When we doubt his existence, doubt his goodness, that's the questioning God that we need to be very careful and cautious and protect our hearts from. Ask questions and learn. But the questioning of God that leads to doubt, like James says, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. If we live in this place of doubting God and who he is, we're going to be back and forth and up and down and confused and it's exhausting and it's emotional. And we will probably talk again on doubt itself. But today we really want to focus on wisdom, on knowledge, on questions. So as I was looking into... The story of the Ethiopian and Philip. I learned a couple interesting things. These are just sidebars. Doesn't really have anything to do about asking questions, as much as just an example of what you learn when you do dig a little bit further and ask some more questions. And like, is this really what it's about? So, this Ethiopian, he is traveling fifteen hundred miles to Jerusalem. This Ethiopian was a eunuch, which means he had been castrated. He was unable to have children. He may have very well been castrated at a young age. So men, when they are castrated as um, boys, they do not develop the way that they should. Uh, A lot of times they are a bit more effeminate. Sometimes their voices are higher. It is apparent to those that see them that they are eunuchs. Manly men was kind of the thing at the time. So it could be... Very shameful. It could be very embarrassing. Eunuchs were a lot of times mocked and ridiculed. It was so important to be able to have a lineage, to have a family, to have children, to have a legacy, leave after you. And as a eunuch, that is just not something you were able to do. In this case, this Ethiopian eunuch, he was put in a position of respect to an extent. He was trusted, he found favor in the queen. He was in charge of her money, her gold. He was the treasurer. He had a lot of responsibility. So here's this man in most likely a pretty fancy chariot taking a long journey to go to Jerusalem, the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. It is believed that this eunuch was half Jewish, that he was the offspring possibly of Solomon. So he has Jewish heritage. So he's going to the temple to worship. What the passage doesn't say here, and throughout commentaries and other research and other writings and historians, is that we're told he was denied. He traveled all that way and was not able to go in to the temple. He wasn't able to worship. He wasn't able to sacrifice. Nothing. He turns around and he's on his way back home. I can't even imagine what he's thinking and what he's feeling. Rejection. Hurt. Like, hey, I'm part Hebrew. Hey, this thing, this was done to me. I'm not a eunuch by choice. And now I can't even come and worship. Philip had been obedient to the Lord and he is now on this path in the desert. He doesn't know why. He's just going where God sent him. And now he hears this chariot coming and he hears a man reading aloud in his chariot, not in his head. I mean, I can't imagine that chariots are quiet. So Philip had to be able to hear him reading as he comes rolling down the road. And he's reading from Isaiah. He's reading like a sheep who is led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shear is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. I have a feeling that's probably what the eunuch was feeling in that moment also. And maybe that's why he's even reading this, for comfort. Who can describe his generation is the next question in Isaiah. He knows he's not going to have children. He's not going to have a generation after him. No one's going to be able to describe that. It says, for his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch is reading this and doesn't understand it. Now, when I read this passage at first, I was kind of like, wait a second, he just went to church. He just went to Jerusalem. And did he not ask his questions? Like he didn't learn at church, so now he still has questions. But that's actually not what's going on here is he didn't get into church. He didn't go into the temple. He has now more questions than maybe he did before. Like, why is this happening to me? Why couldn't I go? However, God put someone in his path. Through obedience, Philip is being sent to the ends of the earth, to the north and to the south. It is this visual of the whole book of Acts is evangelism. Philip was put where God told him to go. And as the chariot approaches, the spirit says, hey, that's the guy. Go talk to him. He needs his questions answered, and you can help him. So with the power of the Holy Spirit. Philip obeys. And he says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? He's like, no, how could I? Like, no one's helping me. I just totally got rejected from the temple. Like, how in the world can I understand this? And they have this discussion. We don't get to hear all of it. Philip tells the eunuch about the good news of Jesus, about the gospel. He gets to tell him that this passage in Isaiah is talking about the Messiah. The Messiah Experienced the things that you're feeling, eunuch, the injustice, the humiliation, the denial. So as I was looking at this passage about how important questions are, that this eunuch asked the questions, that he was humble enough, probably in this position because he was so hurt to ask the questions, it also then hit me that we may need to be prepared to help answer people's questions. That there are going to be times in our life that God tells you to go someplace, to go do something, to ask someone else that question, like Philip said, hey, do you understand what you're reading? But to be prepared to give an answer. We're told to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in us. To be able to tell the Gospels, to go out to the ends of the earth like we're seeing Philip do this is evangelism. This is discipleship. We ask questions to learn, knowing that there is a time and a place that others are going to have questions, that they're going to be seeking after answers so that they can gain wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 9, 10, as we grow in our relationship with God, as we grow in wisdom, as we grow in the fear of the Lord. God will use that. He will send us places if we are willing to obey to help further the kingdom. We need not be afraid of people's questions. Don't be afraid that you might have questions. Ask them, but don't just let them lay there unanswered. Go seek out the answer. Do what you can to get your questions answered. But make sure that you are praying about them, that you are asking, that you are seeking. God wants to answer. He wants to grow us in wisdom. But this ask, seek, knock, these are action verbs. Like this requires us to play an active role. It doesn't just happen to us. I can read Acts 8 and I can get something out of this story of Philip and the eunuch. I absolutely can. But then if I ask more questions and dig a little deeper, the story gets so much bigger. God is so much bigger and glorified as we learn these stories because we need to be aware that we read the Bible as Westerners in the 20th century. Like, In our own culture, in our understanding, we don't understand everything about the time, the culture, the language, the people, what they knew, what they thought, what they felt. We don't. And we need to acknowledge that. And as we ask questions like, well, what did they know? What were they feeling? What were they thinking? As we dig into scripture more deeply in our questions, oh, the message of God is just so great. His character is so much bigger it just makes the word come alive and make it so exciting. I encourage you to ask questions. I implore you to dig deeper. I pray that we can stay in humble places, humble enough to know that we don't know everything, so that we can keep asking questions, so that we can keep learning. And as scary as it may be, for us to be prepared to answer people's questions. So let us learn, let us grow. Let us be prepared to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus, just like Philip did. With the stranger coming down the road, maybe. Who knows who God is going to put in our place? But now I have a favor to ask of you. Every week I'm kind of like, all right, so I have a couple ideas. What am I going to talk about? What should the next podcast be? I want to know if you have questions. Do you have questions? Let me know. Let me know through Instagram. Let me know through Facebook. Go to my website, ericamconnor.com. Send me an email. I want to know what the questions are. Now, I'm also not claiming that you ask a question and I have an answer. That is certainly not the case. I do not have any great, huge, expansive knowledge database like some of these amazing theologians and apologetics out there. However, I love to learn. And I would be honored to dig into and to study up on topics or questions in scripture and share them here on the podcast so if you have any questions let me know i would love to be able to engage in study or dialogue with any topic that anybody has any questions on that being said i would love to just be able to close in prayer with you father god we thank you for who you are we thank you for the ability to learn We thank you for the encouragement that we see within Scripture to ask questions, to keep learning, to be praying continuously, to be in constant communication and relationship with you, to ask, to seek, to knock, to be in your presence, to seek you out, to grow more in our knowledge of you, to ask for wisdom. God, we thank you for the promise. Of you giving us wisdom we also pray for the courage in our daily walk in our relationship with others to be willing to answer the questions to be able to engage in the discussion to be able to show your love to be able to share your gospel we thank you for who you are and what you mean to each one of us